0: Thank mm-hmm. guys, it's Megan with Wrong Kind of Christian Podcast. How are you today? Hope you're all having a good day. I have a feeling that today's discussion is maybe going to be difficult for some of us to hear. I wanted to talk a bit about why I chose this wrong kind of Christian name. And I've done this before, but in a very brief way and only as it really pertains to outward appearances. And it's really more than that. I do say it in kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, but the truth is being the wrong kind of Christian is really all about being the right kind of Christ follower. Does that sound twisted? I'm actually guessing that a lot of you have some experience with this too. After after sharing about my divorce experience last week, I got so many messages from listeners thanking me for sharing, and you're welcome for that. I'm so glad that my story is encouraging to you. I think that sometimes God lets us go through things, not just for ourselves, but in order to uh, to allow us to to better empathize with others who are in similar situations. And so I really am thankful that that me sharing about what happened to me with the church and how God helped me move past that resonated with some of you. And I'm so thankful that so many of you felt comfortable enough to reach out to me to let me know that it's not just me. Isn't that the scary part of it all? When you're going through moments like that in life, you just kind of feel like you're walking it alone. And, and you're not. And you know we're definitely not. But today I wanted to look beyond a circumstance, like a specific circumstance, and I want to really talk about what what's one of the greatest factors keeping people out of heaven. and that is religion. Yep. I said what I said. Now let's talk about why that is. What does that mean? Religion, in and of itself, isn't a bad thing. Of course not. Jesus himself was Jewish and observed customs and traditions of his religion. More importantly, Jesus had a true relationship with God the Father, and he lived his life accordingly, meaning according to the will of the Father. Jesus was religious in the in the very general definition of the term, but Jesus spoke against religion when a person is religious just for the sake of quote unquote being religious. So what does that mean and and why would he speak out against that well and and to be to be completely fair, Jesus spoke out specifically against some of the religious leaders of his day in Matthew chapter 23. He says that they're hypocrites and he he calls them out for doing everything to appear as highly religious people. And he says, you're doing all of this stuff to draw attention to yourself. You're wearing these long robes and you're sitting at a place of honor and you're tithing exactly as you should be according to the law, but they've missed an important part. And this, is, this seems to be what it always comes back to, right? It always comes back to the heart of a person, doesn't it? Let's be clear, there is nothing wrong with observing religious practices, if it's sincere. It becomes an issue when we go along with the customs and traditions, just because, well, that's, that's what we do. It's what we've always done, so we're going to continue to do that. Let me give you some examples of what I mean. Lots of people pray before they eat nothing wrong with that right but when you're stepping into that prayer if you're not coming at it sincerely it doesn't mean anything if you're praying out of tradition because you know this is just what we do every time before we eat we we hold hands and we bow our, our heads and we and we pray and and you're not really um there's no real desire to connect with god and to thank him for the blessing of the food blessing the person who made it and all of those things that we typically say when we're praying for food then then you're just saying some words with your eyes closed and your head bowed and how about this one? Communion. Sure, we, we do it out of obedience. Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me. And so, and so we do. If we're only taking part in communion because that's just what we do every week and we don't have a real focus on Jesus and his sacrifice for us, then we're just eating some bread and drinking some juice. It's not that observing these practices is a bad thing. It's that we're sometimes insincere in our observance. I really sometimes personally struggle with this when it comes to like worship singing because I love to sing like all the time. There's songs on the radio, I'm singing it, right? And I have to constantly remind myself to put my eyes on Jesus during the songs so that I don't get distracted with the act of singing itself or or just enjoying the melody. For the religious leaders that Jesus was speaking to, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were doing it to appear Righteous. They wanted everyone to know how religious they were. It reminds me of Matthew chapter six, where Jesus is telling us to not pray in public like the hypocrites who love to pray in the synagogues and on the street corners for everyone to see. There's nothing wrong with praying in public, but these people, they were praying because they love the attention and the praise that they got for being so righteous and they thrived on that. And, And so that's what he's warning against. And This still holds true for for many people today. This is an area that I really want to challenge you to examine yourself. Are you doing religious things for the attention or the praise? Or maybe you started out with the best of intentions, but over time it became the mundane, the habitual, the traditional. If after your self-reflection, you realize that this is where you are, turn that over to God sincerely and then work out with God, how you're going to address that. One of my favorite quotes, and I, ha- I have no idea where it originated, but it goes like this. Going to church no more makes you a Christian than sleeping in a garage can make you a car. I that the truth. Going to church, participating in church activities, supporting your church community. Those are all very important parts of being a Christian. It's where we get fed, you know? It's where we should find our greatest support for living this Christian life. But going there every Sunday, maybe Wednesdays too, doing things with your ministry groups, that in and of itself won't save you. When I was growing up, I had a good friend, really one of my best friends, who happened to be a PK, you know, a preacher's kid. He attended the church his father pastored regularly, one might even say religiously. And he came to youth group with me at my church every Sunday and Wednesday night. He went on mission trips with us, all the teen conferences and events, we talked about God, we talked about Jesus. And I assumed from what I, from what I saw of him, that he was a saved Christian. And then we graduated high school and we moved on with our lives and we still saw each other often for a while, but you know, not every day anymore like we were. And one day he's telling me that he's been saved. And I'm like, what? I was like, man, I I thought you already were. And he says, yeah, everyone did. It turns out, Everyone assumed it, but he hadn't ever really made it personal between him and Jesus. You see, he knew who Jesus is, but he was missing the relationship that comes from really walking with him. In James chapter two, verse 19, it tells us that even the demons know Jesus. It actually says, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe and tremble. I mean, you know who God is. You can know what he is all about, but it doesn't make you a Christ follower. Knowledge isn't the same as following. So what's the difference between living a religious life of knowledge and a Christ follower life of a relationship with Jesus? I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record here, but it's a heart issue. Remember when I said that being the Wrong kind of Christian is really all about being the right kind of Christ follower. This is where the rubber meets the road. You can claim Christianity, you can claim religion, you can even claim Jesus. But James chapter 2, verse 26 tells us that faith without actions is dead. And not that those actions save you. We just spent the first several minutes talking about that, right? But your faith in Christ should guide your actions into being authentic, into being faithful. Just as Jesus prayed, your will be done to God the Father, we pray that too and mean it. I kind of see it in my mind like this. Those who are religious without a relationship are going about what they think a Christ follower's life is. But they're doing so kind of blindly, kind of like they're just going through the motions. But those of us who have that relationship connection are going about that Christ follower's life alive and with light in our eyes. And it's not a life of habit. It's a life of obedience, sure, but it's certainly not a boring life. It's a life lived fully relying on God and seeking, truly seeking his will. And that shapes every decision. I hope that you aren't all listening to this going, oh, she's really just bagging on the church these days. No, that, that's not it. In fact, this really this really isn't a church issue at all. It's a personal issue that each one of us has to deal with. My point today is really that religion, what I've recently heard dubbed as churchianity, isn't the answer. But but I don't want to leave us here. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine when a speaker or a teacher kind of calls out an issue, but then they don't really actually give any practical tips on how to address that. So let's look at what it means to be a Christ follower. The short answer is that we live according to what's in the Word of God, the Holy Bible. We'll never be perfect, but we do our best to live as Jesus told us we should, And in order to do that, one of the first things that we must do is to be in the Word. You can't live as the Bible directs if you don't know what's in it. This is also an important step in fellowship with the Lord. Being in the Word and prayer, sharing our thoughts with Him, but also being open to His nudges and direction in our lives, those are the best ways of connecting with our Father. Being a Christ follower means that we love And that, man, that feels like a convoluted word these days, but it should be so simple. Let me be clear here. Love does not mean that we have to accept everything that everyone says and does as okay, or that we have to tolerate sin because it makes someone happy. So what does it look like when we love someone? We show compassion. We show forgiveness when needed. It doesn't mean that we don't point out wrongdoing or sin, but we do so with love as our motivation. Here's an example. About a year ago, my daughter had a friend over to the house. The boy happened to destroy something that was in our yard. It wasn't really the end of the world, it was just a piece of styrofoam, not a big deal. But the fact remains that he destroyed it on his own volition with little, you know, little regard to whether or not we needed it. And sure, we would have we would have been upset had you know had he just done this but it wouldn't have been a huge ordeal now my girl is loyal sometimes to a fault so here we go justin asks who broke the styrofoam and i believe the first answer was we don't know like typical right we don't know who did it but then somehow it came out to, um, it came to be that my daughter did it. And then she took her her talking to about that. But I have to explain to you guys now that one of the biggest rules in our house is to not lie. If you broke it, said it, did it, whatever, okay, we'll deal with that. But you better not lie about it. So when the truth comes out later that the boy did it and actually let her take the fall for him, which is another whole complete conversation, we have another situation to deal with. Now... I love her, my daughter. I love her very much. Should I just not say anything to her about her wrongdoing because I love her and I want her to be happy? Of course not. I'm her mom. I'm trying to raise a good stand-up person and I can't let that slide. But the goal is different if I love her. I'm not calling out her wrong to cause grief in her life. I'm not doing it just to make life difficult for her. I'm calling her out on it because I love her and I have a goal of teaching her something from it. Pointing out someone's sin will always look different if you truly love the person. But please please don't take that to mean that you should just go around calling out all the ways you see people sinning, like insert face slap emoji here. Remember that we're showing love and we need to have a relationship with people before we have those kinds of conversations if we wanna have a real impact. And remember the end goal Our mission is to make disciples of all nations, so we love. So what does it look like to be a Christ follower? We're in the word. We're praying. We're loving. And if we're being a real Christ follower, then it means that we should resemble him. When I first introduced my daughter to Justin, he said, she may not look like you, but she walks just like you. As the years have gone by, that quote has now become like, she may not look like you, but she definitely acts like you, sounds like you, talks like you. People often can't tell us apart on the phone. And she definitely has like my anger response. I kind of stomp around all over the house. In fact, my husband calls me stompy when I'm upset. And, and so anyway, she shares many of my personality traits, many of my interests. And in an even bigger way, we should remind people of our Abba Father by our actions So how cool would it be to have someone say, she may not look like him, but she definitely acts like him. Matthew chapter seven, verse 16 says, you will know them by their fruits. And later Paul tells us that the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you bear those fruits? Do you resemble our father? I'm not perfect, but my father loves me in the way that he wants me to love others. He's forgiven me and he's covered me with grace. And I hope that I truly live like I believe that. I hope that you all truly live like you believe that. I hope you all have the best week. Take some time this week to do a little self-reflection. Spend some time in prayer, examining your motivations, and don't be afraid to make adjustments as needed. I'll talk with you all next week. Bye.